from the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we're talking about the 1979 True Game of Death, directed by Teen Tai Chen and Steve Harries. Um, as IMDb says, as Steve. <laughs> so I imagine in some credit thing, it just said Steve. <laughs> well, this is starring, and I don't think I've ever seen him in one of these, uh, Bruce. Cao Long. Yeah, as, well, you, he's actually uh, worked quite a bit. You, you've never seen him in one of these, per se. He does have another one that he's he's done. Um, uh, you know, he's also known by uh, Long Tong Sheng. You know, he's got, a, you know, these guys all have like a, many names. So, and, and usually I butcher their names anyway. But he's he worked with the Shaw Brothers for a long time. And he's a Taiwanese actor. Um, so this is kind of his... His main Bruce Bloitation film, but he did do um, a film called Bruce Against the Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, which uh, is a really hard one to find. Sometimes it doesn't even show up on on his list, but it's uh, it's got some definite Bruce Bloitation elements to it. But this was his uh, his real main claim to fame with this. Hmm. Um, and then the two directors, uh, Teen Tai Chen, Steve Harris, both of them, on, as far as Internet Movie Database is concerned, have only done this movie. Yeah, is that I, right? I think we can drop Steve out of this. I think he's just he's his name got filtered in when they were releasing it to the. You know, it's kind of like they, a lot of these films when they get a, a, another international release to make it sound a little more adaptable to that that country. They might say, let's put on John on there, or put you know somebody might have edited the film, and so now his name goes on, but. You could, this, but other than that, the the director of this film, who, who um, Chen Tin Tai or Chen Tin Tai, he um, it is his only film as a director, but he's got a long career as an action director. You know, he's done a number of films, like he did a uh, Killer Meteors, which was uh, Low Wei who did Fist of Fury and The Big Boss, and Jackie Chan right. was in it, and he's he's done um, Shaolin Avengers, Dragon of the Tiger, blah 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 blah. I mean, he's been around since the early seventies. Uh, and an actor too. So, but this was his only time that I know of that he ever directed anything. Interesting. And this one, um, I, where I wouldn't say it was a good movie, I could say it had good camera work, and the directing didn't seem off point as much as like the story and everything else was kind of off. Well, actually, yeah, and you, you, that's actually one of my comments about it too. Which is, I mean, we'll, we can talk about it as we go. But the cinematography is one of the things that I think somewhat elevated the film. The, the cinematographer on this is a guy like named um, Lai Wen Ching, who's who actually did Bruce against Superman, which we haven't done yet, which is the weirdest, weirdest movie ever. But from a point of view of, of framing and interesting colors and lighting, it's actually pretty good. So I I would like to credit most of the elevation of this movie to probably this <laughs> the cinematographer um, above anybody. Awesome. Well, so let's ask the classic question. Uh, when did you first see this and what do you think of it? Um, I uh, first saw this late. So I think I probably saw it like and for me late, meaning like probably 10 or 15 years ago. It wasn't something I saw when I was younger. I, you know, I was um, a little older. And um, I, what I, I mean, again, it's not if, if you were, we were to take all of our game of death or game exploitation, as I call them in the book, you know, films and put them back to back. I wouldn't put it near the top, but it's interesting because it's got some stuff we can talk about that makes it sort of unique compared to the other ones. Okay. And yeah, we'll definitely get there because my number one thought on it was, I feel like it, the other um, tower and uh, enter the game that I've seen, both of those, they're kind of doing something different where this one, it felt very much like, I was watching a like kind of like a, the Bollywood version of one of the movies we like. Like they're just taking it pretty much like scene by scene, but just not in the same way. Right, you're right. That's it. And then that's actually it. Is that they where the other ones were in some weird fashion or another taking Bruce Lee's original idea and trying to do their cheap, quick version of that. This one, which was made the year that 
Game of Death, Robert Klaus's Game of Death came out. This is the the year that this film, this film, mm. True Game of Death, was shot. They literally were remaking, in a sense, Robert Klaus's movie, and and yeah. I mean, this is just uh, the, and to down to the motorcycle guys with the track suits that Bruce. I don't remember if you remember Game of Death, but but there's this. Oh yeah, beat I just saw beat, it not long ago. Them. Okay, then there you go. You know, I mean, you can see all the things from the disguises, and he's a movie star and. Anyways, let's, we can talk about that. But yeah, this that's what I think is interesting about this. For those that are, you know, into into like kind of looking at what the differences are, True Game of Death is of the films, Enter the Game of Death, uh, Goodbye Bruce Lee is Last Game of Death. There's another film, you know, whether you want to talk about it or not, called Game of Death that came out of the Philippines that all have their own particular sort of take on the, the concept that Bruce Lee came up with where this one just followed Robert Klaus's movie. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Let's go through it a bit. Um, so this one starts out with Bruce Lee footage. It's like all sorts of interview stuff with him, him um, being shown with people having pictures taken. Um, they show newspapers, magazines. We're getting the idea, like, if you don't get it, Bruce is... We know that Bruce is awesome. And then suddenly um, they show the coffin and that awful picture of him in there that everybody was so stunned by. And then the narrator says something along the lines of like, there's a new actor who looks quite like him. That will be, they, this is what maybe for me, you've seen this way more times than me, but for me, this was like the fourth or fifth time I've seen the announcer saying, this is the new Bruce Lee. This film is about another Bruce who looks rather like Bruce Lee. Indeed admires no one more than Bruce Lee. And so pains hard continually so that one day he might walk in the great man's shoes. And then we jump into a training montage. And at this point, I still thought, because um, I didn't I didn't read anything about it first. I just put it on, you know, you said we're watching it. So I thought it was going to be Bruce Lai. And I'm watching the opening, the training sequence, and I'm like, kind of like, I'm like, well, he, that looks like more like Bruce Lee. And I just kind of like let it go. And <laughs> and then later on, I'm like, that looks a little like Bruce Lee, but I, he doesn't look like any of them, really. He, There's a lot of Bruce in this. There's a lot of big Bruce black hair. And I have to tell you, before we even get into it, I was like confused more than once with like, <laughs> which one is Bruce or supposed to be Bruce? You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, it's it starts off with some photographs, and then we get into the unicorn press uh, presser that they did, where Bruce Lee's there with you know John Ben from Way of the Dragon, et cetera, Which we see this is that piece, that footage, and then the funeral footage are sort of the common public domain stuff that gets grabbed up in these films to to you know cement it in a Bruce Lee into a Bruce Lee film. But what this one does, like you said. Um, which is kind of that tribute idea that happens and you'll, we'll see it, you know, a number of times, which is, you know, you'll see the poster of the movie. And I actually, in fact, one of the, the highest prices I ever paid for a poster was a rare poster for this movie. And it wasn't, mm. you know, a ton of money, but it was for these kind of films. It was a lot of money. But all the posters we'll have at the top and, you know, the, the lead star is Bruce Lee. Then, of course, you jump into the movie you get some photos of them. We get some some clips, and then we'll return to some more clips later in the film. But then it's like you said, it stops, and it kind of turns around and says, you know. But now we're, you know, and I think the quote was, "This film is about another Bruce who looks an awful lot like Bruce Lee." <laughs> That's what the guy says. And then and then now we're like, mm-hmm. "Gone, okay, we're letting you know this is a tribute film." And so we pulled you in. You've you know you've handed over your dollars at the front desk and uh and yes bruce lee's in it in clips but this is really about another guy ah uh, you're right so they do weird things in this two times in this they flash back um one time he's just sitting on the sofa chilling out and he flashes back to way of the dragon like he you know he's flashing back to himself getting ready to fight chuck norris i don't know how that works but then later on he flashes back to enter the dragon and it's just it's really weird filming it's a circle on the screen showing scenes from the film like maybe even right no i wouldn't it wasn't from the trailer but it's weird it's just a circle it shows some stuff and it shows him pondering life well what you what you bring up and just to clarify for everybody who hasn't seen this and even those who probably have they probably still need the clarifying <laughs> the thing about this movie that's kind of interesting to me 
and, and weird is that it becomes self-reflexive. It's like you're, you're trying to figure out, is it about Bruce Lee or is it about somebody that's like Bruce Lee? And what you were just talking about is there's two scenes probably about in the, somewhere within the first act of the movie where the, the lead character goes home and he sits down and he starts flipping through magazines of Bruce Lee. And then there's a special effect graphic that takes place in the middle of the magazine, which is a circle and it's showing clips from Way of the Dragon. And it just kind of just he just sits there and looks at these these magazines. And then here's this <laughs> running two minutes of footage from Way of the Dragon to give us a little more Bruce Lee footage, I guess. Yeah. Um, but what's also kind of interesting, I was going to bring this up before we, we get out of this, is that what they did was they when they show the exterior of the house, just again, to, to see the detail that this goes into. And Bruce Lee fans will always appreciate this or, or find it highly disrespectful is that the exterior of the house is actually Bruce Lee's house. It was, they took footage from, from some camera guy that was shooting after Bruce Lee had passed away, you know, when all the camera crews were outside his house and just trying to film what was going on. And so they, they, they take the exterior of the house, which is actually Bruce Lee's house. And then it brings us into the house, which, you know, says something about the filmmakers. I mean, they could have just said, well, just shoot any house. We don't care. But they really were trying to still cement for those that knew Bruce Lee this is his house to confuse you to some degree, I guess. But, you know, I, I just thought that was kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. You know, it always makes me think of uh, rolling down the hill with somebody and um, taking your uh, rich producer who's going to sign you and pulling him into your swimming pool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the dragon lives. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, well, I like in the beginning of this, um, we're not jumping all the way back, but I like in the beginning of this that they instantly go into him making a movie and it's this great little tower it's this wooden tower it probably took him a long time to build it with two by fours but he there's a scene where he kicks somebody out of the tower and they fall down and and hit a big you know one of those little like super mattresses so they don't die it was really cool and uh and then they jump directly into which i like this too fake linda and fake betty ting and just kind of like a right away he's going off with this western woman and right away there's like somebody who's kind of well you know interfering with bruce i guess yeah and what's cool about what you just said the opening of the of the film once we get past this initial bruce lee tribute thing and again i maybe i don't want to give the the filmmakers too much credit but i love how the movie opens with a fight on a tower it's almost like we're going to have this full circle we're going to start off in this sort of cheap <laughs> manufactured tower that ultimately we're going to try and pay off for you at the end of the movie and then uh, and then you'll also notice that you you brought up the the similarity with linda lee we've got the caucasian wife and then there's the 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 asian woman that they don't go into any kind of relationship with her but it's sort of like the references there and then the, the director is like dead on low way yeah Yep, he's fat. He doesn't. He's he's sort of lazy about the filming. He doesn't care. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I uh, know, totally. And then there are bad guys that we bring in again. This is you know this ties into the syndicate and game of death, etc. Which is another film company that wants to hire Xiao Lung is his name in the in this film the slash Bruce Lee character. And then of course it's run by an American company. They had to throw that in too. You know, the guy that runs the company is actually a, a white guy. But ultimately, this is the the whole makeup of the story is rival film company wants mm. Xiao Long, who is essentially Bruce Lee, to come do a movie for them. Oh, that's a great point. It's the demonization again of of the of America and and that whole other part of Bruce Lee that they don't really want to acknowledge. It's like. He always was just going to do stuff here, and in this, that would that would prove that he he's always saying no for no good reason. Like we could give him more money, we could make him more successful. It doesn't matter. He doesn't want this American influence on his film. Yeah, and that and that in itself is you know I don't you know I never look at it one way or the other because it's usually they want there's this sense of you know Chinese nationalism with particularly back in the seventies they were trying to come out of so you know the Japanese were the bad guys and the Americans were the bad guys and that's kind of they, they knew that. It was like, yeah, let's let's show these guys who we feel oppressed by, you know, that we're 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 the badasses, and so you know that was kind of the case most of the time. Yeah, yeah, he continually refuses in this case in the movie, and it's really now it's more obvious than it was because I was like, okay, yeah, it's weird, like I I don't know, and it, it's such a big deal, like well, we're a, like a major studio, but they're just a bunch of thugs, and it, it's there's a part in this where. 
um, one of the, the big bosses. Um, so there's the super big boss and the underboss. And the underboss is, I believe, an Asian guy. And the super boss was a, a Westerner. But pretty much was like, he's like, well, no, we want Bruce. He's like really good. He's like super tough. He's charismatic. He's a good actor. We want him. And he's like, well, you know, you know, figure out, get him to agree or get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Oh, oh, that's right. I'm here. Yeah, I'm George. Hello, George. How's business going? Got any good news yet? We've been expecting to hear from you. What the hell's been keeping you? You better deliver. Oh, yes, I will, Chief. But Chief, Shao Lung's not easy. He won't listen. We can't even talk to him. He's making life difficult. Look, I don't care how you do it. You just do it. I don't need to remind you what'll happen if you fail. Yes, Chief, yes, Chief. Hey, you've not met this Shao Lung. He's very tough. But he's the ideal guy to have on our side. He can act and he knows his kung fu. He's great box office. But whatever we say to him, he just turns us down. Do I have to repeat myself to you? I just tell you, you mustn't fail me. If he still refuses, then get rid of him. So that's it. We we either like yeah. There's no there's no in between because Bruce is dead. So the, the like the the thin lines between like trying to get somebody to become a partner of yours and just murdering them outright is very thin in this film. Very, very. <laughs> and, and again, it's that it and there's a little bit of this going on with uh, Goodbye Bruce Lee, his last game of death, which is this weird. Uh, we talked about earlier this. Are we watching Bruce Lee? Or are we watching a super fan of Bruce Lee who happens to be an actor? Because Bruce Lee doesn't get mentioned as a, another character in the story. Sometimes we get that, you know, Bruce Lee's passed away or you're like Bruce Lee outside of the narrator saying this guy looks like Bruce Lee. The, the story itself is sort of, again, replicating either Game of Death or in some weird way, Bruce Lee himself. And, uh, you know, because you've got posters when we go into side of this guy's house, you know, him and his wife's house, we've got posters of Bruce Lee all over the wall. Now, is it supposed to be him or is it just that he's a big super fan of Bruce Lee? Right. So I, what I liked about that is like it's a really like um, subtle, like understated, like Chinese house. This house doesn't have like a bunch of posters or something. It's just a really simple place. It looks comfortable. It doesn't look like something that a rich person owns. And <laughs> right in the middle of like a uh, like a, a, you know, beam in the middle of the room is a big poster of Bruce Lee. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It's like either do I love myself or do I love Bruce Lee, but I still don't love Bruce Lee enough to frame a picture of him. I'm just going to put <laughs> up this poster. Well, and then, yeah, and that, and so that is, you know, for me is, is one of the things about these movies that are always so interesting is how they, they walk this line and it's kind of on our own perception is that are they trying to be respectful or are they just being so insulting <laughs> you know, with how they treat right. him? And, right. you know, we all know, look, it's a business. They're trying to make money. They know that's the whole reason, you know, I've become interested in this this genre is you've got this very strange and pr fairly unique idea of an actor who just created a, a genre because of his popularity. You know, it's I mean, there's an element of it with the spaghetti westerns. I think we mentioned before where Clint Eastwood and Sergio Leone come in and do the man with no name films. But it's not. We don't have a lot of Clint Westwoods and and uh, you know John West Eastwoods and et cetera characters that they 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 make them like the character that that Clint plays. They make them look like him on the poster. But here it's so particular. You're getting footage of Bruce Lee. You're getting people that look like Bruce Lee. You're taking his name and making it different ways. And so some of these films and Tower of Death had this kind of interesting way where they would do it as well. Remember when early in the film when the supposed Bruce Lee character gets killed off, it cuts to the brother showing up. Now we're seeing his face. We're no longer having to worry about using Bruce Lee clips to, to sell it's Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. And they go to the funeral, but the funeral sort of becomes self-reflexive. It's sort of like it's the funeral in the movie, but we're also sort of as filmmakers pulling back and going, now we're going to show clips of Bruce Lee as a child, and we're going to kind of step out of the movie, break the fourth wall a little bit here, and talk and and sort of make this about the movie, but also about Bruce Lee. And so that's kind of what is going on in, with with this movie um, as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you 100 percent. And, you know, and of course, I think the key to that um, is that 
Bruce died. I'm thinking about the the Eastwood thing and why like people didn't directly rip it off. It's like it was easier to rip off Bruce, somebody who was so iconic and so um, so uh, omnipresent for everybody at the time. And and then it was just like, well, we can steal his stuff. I feel like these guys they were just like gathering stuff. They're like, all right, we got footage of his house. We got to use that. We have the poster. Let's use that. Like, how do we how do we inject Bruce Lee into mm. this thing we're stealing from Robert Klaus? Maybe. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there because uh, I feel like you're trying to give something to the person to the to the public that you you're stealing, but you're still like, I have it. It's kind of it just makes me think of Game of Death. We had the footage, so let's get some people and let's do a fucking slack ass job of putting it together into a movie. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things is that um, Goodbye, Bruce Lee, his last game of death had over this one and Enter the Game of Death and is that it, it was done prior to Klaus's Game of Death coming out. So Ooh. when you watch like some of the, the advertising, I have a 16-millimeter trailer from the movie and they, they would cut to like interview footage of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the trailer. So when you saw the trailer, you were thinking, oh, this is the real, this is going to be the stuff with Bruce Lee, because they were infusing this idea that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in the movie, which, of course, he wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> but um, but the, but again, that, that had a chance to play off of the fact before it even came out. Now, in this case, basically, I think they were just saying, look, if we remake Game of Death, Game of Death did really well for, for Golden Harvest and um, you know Columbia. So we just re-released this. And probably yeah. just make a good chunk of change, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so I'm not going to go so play-by-play play like we always do because there's a lot of stuff that happens between the beginning of this. The gangsters that want the film, um, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. He refuses. He gets followed. He refuses again. There's a small fight. There's not a lot of fighting in this. That's a good fight. Fi- there's not. Yeah. Finally, the bad guy comes and starts messing with the quote-unquote Linda, in this case Alice, and being a shit to her she and this is the strangest like subplot of like well we want you to poison him so he'll be unconscious for three days and miss his premieres yeah but we don't (laughs) want to kill him if we wanted to kill him we just kill him so this is this over over um overriding story thing that keeps going on so then as i'm watching it i'm like oh she's about to she's about to drug him and he (laughs) she's like well here, let me bring you some coffee or whatever. And right away, I'm like, oh, God, she's poisoning him already. And she didn't, totally. So then he has the scene where he flashes back again. And then there's another time where I'm like, oh, fuck, now she's really going to drug him. Nothing. We go off to a completely different scene, which is the disco, if you want to talk about that. Oh, the disco, yeah. With the the, the singing and the, the whole musical number going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a lot of, like, there's almost like a nipple dress in that. And there's a part where <laughs> Bruce is doing something and fake Linda sitting at a table and one of the bad guys. Like, Bruce, for all of his majesty in this movie, it doesn't freaking matter because people can keep coming up to his wife and giving her shit while he's off doing stuff. He comes up, he gives an elbow in the gut and maybe a quick punch to the face. Nothing yep. flashy, like basic. And pretty much, like this movie, the real subplot of it is this tormenting of this westerner in hong kong she just can't get it's away true. from it yeah it's to a the very point good point that she finally you know yeah like i mean it's just over and over again and it's even westerners that come into her for the first time they're like this one dude he's this creepy blonde dude with like a blonde mustache he's he's terrible he's like i don't want to hurt you it's okay stay cool my friend will hurt you you know or whatever but then he like hurts her. I'm just like, whoa, fuck. So we're just doing it, I guess. Uh, yeah, like she just keeps she keeps getting shit again and again and again until there's actually a point. So in the club, somebody comes up to her and is like, you still haven't done it? I'm going to fucking kill you pretty much. And then Bruce comes up, beats him up, and he's like, what was he talking to you about? She's like, well, nothing at all. He's like, don't lie to me. She says, oh, how much he thinks the hot chick that was singing is like, you know, awesome. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then Bruce, this Bruce is so sad. Like he always wears his sunglasses and always. his cool suit. Yeah, and he's always doing the Bruce Lee smile smirk. The, mm, everything's cool, I'm a badass, and that's it. Well, yeah, and that's kind of how they sell it, particularly the American audience that probably doesn't know much difference. But I think one of the things that, 
you're getting into, which is this, this, you're right. They protract the middle of this movie to deal with this tormenting of his, of his wife. What is kind of interesting about this is that, you know, in the other films, particularly like Super Dragon, which is that early Bruce Lai one where that he's got a relationship with his Caucasian wife that they would delve into a lot. Like there was a lot of, um, relationship between the two of them but it was always kind of shrouded like we pointed out when they have their kiss on screen it's behind a heavy bag and when they have their kids they walk into the house and they do this fancy little cut and as they the camera pans back out they walk out with two kids you know so there's this sort of melling around that that relationship but here in this they give into it and they have what is probably one of the 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 most gratuitous love scenes in any of these movies between him and his wife where, where she's totally butt naked. He's of course wrapped in a towel the whole time while, while she's supposedly having poisoned him. And there's a guy, <laughs> guy hiding in the closet saying, go poison him, go poison him with a gun pointed at him. And she's having sex with her husband, clearly knowing this guy's watching them from the, from the, the window. Um, and did you catch that little toy that was bouncing up and down in the background? Yeah. No, that was pretty good, huh? Um, but I think that part that's kind of interesting in this is that they've, they've, there's no like Asian woman coming between them to sort of balance him out. You know, it's just, he's just committed. This is his wife and, you know, he dives into it. Well, look at it from this perspective. Um, maybe, maybe he, uh, maybe this, this whole, fake linda thing is really just showing what a betrayer that westerners are like that and the company coming in like this person who supposedly loves him and that he loves her could do such a horrible thing so far that she actually kills him because she's afraid to die herself it doesn't matter even why but that's but so then the sex scene i'm glad you brought that up because at first i'm like all right finally he's poisoned cool so we get to this sex scene and there's this horrible song i just the song is grating, but then the sex is weird. It's like he, there's a part where she kind of flips on top of him, but she's stiff, and she just starts kind of moving her hips in a really weird rhythm gyration thing, and he's just kind of like playing with her butt crack, and I'm just like, there's a part where he's kissing her, and you can see her face, like her mouth is held shut tightly, and she's she's almost cringing, and and then he dies and it wasn't just normal death this was this was psychedelic he's just screaming and flipping around then she's laying on the bed showing off her full nudity because obviously she was paid to do it like you're going to be naked in these scenes but he's just freaking the, the screaming is straight out of like the twilight zone or something it was just bizarre <laughs> Yeah, and this is where you get this moment that is, this is in, as in Klaus's Game of Death, this is the point where, you know, where in that film, Bruce Lee's character gets shot in the face. And, but here, instead of that, they're doing what is basically tantamount to Bruce Lee dying in real life. He's in, you know, somebody's bed. He's been poisoned. He's grabbing his head like he's getting that terrible headache. And he's doing this scene. He's doing these major flips like he's doing like summer gymnastics, somersaults on the bed. Now, I I don't know if I'm I'm missing some. I've seen this movie a couple of times, but for some reason, and we might as well just get through it. He gets poisoned. She knows she's poisoned him. I think I think the way they were trying to explain it, though, is that. They said, hey, he's going to go to sleep, but and you better do this or we're going to kill him otherwise. So she thought, okay, well, I'll put him to sleep because I don't want him to be killed. And then she realizes it was really poison and he dies. I don't think she was thinking he was going to die. But I, for for whatever, I don't know how he survives, but he survives <laughs> somehow. Yeah, so I think maybe, um, so I read after I watched it that he did die and he came back and then his soul went into somebody and I'm like, that's not what where happened. Are you, wait, he, yeah, where, he, where are you reading that? Uh, it could have been City on Fire. It, 
it could have been oh man it could have been um some (laughs) random person out on i don't know hey okay all right i'll I'll go with it and i'm like yeah yeah i'm like no that's i think he just actually didn't die because there's a line after that where he says not even poison can kill me just shows like showing how badass fake bruce lee is and i'm like okay well whatever Don't be so surprised. Takes more than poison to kill me. (laughs) I'm not dead. Shalom, wait a moment. Let me explain to you. Let me explain. Yeah, and so when he comes back after this, then we're again, we're getting both this, this, you know, redo of Game of Death, where in that film he starts putting on all these different uh you know makeup and so he can infiltrate the the syndicate which is kind of what we have here but it's also very reflexive of of bruce lee and fist of fury remember when he plays the the old man selling the i was gonna say that exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah and then even further than that he's back there's a part where they come to um rape her and maybe murder her and he comes out wearing the kato mask and kicks the fuck out of the stupid dude and yeah, I don't know. I was just like, oh, well, we're even throwing in, you know, Green Hornet stuff. It was completely the fake Bruce, except he had the black band mask. Yeah, black, yeah. Yeah. So then this kind of progresses us till to our, we're getting to our Tower of Death finally. Finally. Through some, a couple of little, but again, like you, just to point out to people that they're, at this point, we're now in the third act of the movie, and there really has not been that many fight scenes. Surprising when when there is a fight scene, it's usually like four or five moves, and we're done. And then and you know, Long Tong Shenning is a, he's a good fighter. You mean you go back and watch him and and some of his earlier stuff with Chang Che that he did in Taiwan. You know, he's you know he's got the guy's got some. You see it in this when he gets in the tower, he's busting out some moves. But you know, he's, it's not like he's not a good fighter. I'm glad you saw that too. So explain this to me. So now you said it. I'm ready for the tower. But then we find this old master and he has this whole line. You were to only think of Kung Fu, nothing else, or you will never be perfect. And it's him and this dude. Like who, what the hell went on there? Like who were those people? I think I just got lost. Yeah, no, but you know what happened is, is I think, and this is the problem with some of these cuts, when they would bring these films over and I have yet to see so if anybody's got it, just let us know. I've yet to see a um, an original Chinese version of this film. And there are times where when they would get imported over and we dub them that we would, you know, sometimes the, the distributors just cut, you know, we remember that. We were watching, uh, which one was it we were watching with all the Corrado the cat cut into it. Um, was that, you know, they'll, they'll just drop stuff in, you know, and, and sometimes it just, so that that's just some filler. Who knows what was really being said there. But this is what anyways um. elevates us into the, into our our tower of death sequence yeah. which which one which you know the the tower of death in this case turns out to be basically the the rival you know film company's <laughs> tower that they've got they're being protected by Ooh, oh oh let what? me not skip this no no because okay, right, right before that we finally have the girl gets kidnapped alice slash right Linda that's gets true kidnapped. Yep. Yep. and then what i liked is they sent a letter saying where they could find her. It obviously said, we kidnapped your wife, girlfriend, whatever, and we have her at the tower. And then it's signed at the bottom, the the, sim, the three letters of the, the company, like STG or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I'm like, what? So you're really like, you're, you're like admitting it. So he could have just taken that to the police and said, would you please help me get back my wife? This production company yeah, it's on stole, their, stole their her. Here's the paper. form. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the the other. Th- so what again, back to our our game of. Oh, so what we get. Well, let's, we, before we get to the tower, I should we should we shouldn't we can't bypass this. He goes to meet these guys at a. Um, at a, basically a shipping yard or whatever it is. And he's got four guys on motorcycles, which is exactly what happens in Game of Death, wearing these track suits of different colors, a green and white, a yellow and black, you know, the dark, you know, the different colors. And he has a fight scene with him, which is what happened in Game of Death. And then he steals one of the track suits, hops on the motorcycle and, and rides off. So this, again, is very unique to this movie. You know, they're not trying to do their own version of Game of Death. They're specifically stealing from... Robert Klaus's to the point that when and anybody who's watched the Klaus version, there's a shot where 
he goes into the Red Pepper restaurant and, and to, to go up and fight right before he's going to fight Inosanto. And it's shot from down the stairwell. And it, you look up and it's not Bruce Lee. It's, we're still working with his double at this point. And he comes up the stairs and he sees a pair of new chocolates on the wall and the green whip. And he grabs the new chocolates, puts it on the whip, throws it over his shoulder, walks up. And then that's where we cut in Game of Death. And now we're with Bruce Lee. This mm-hmm. film emulates that shot identically. You know, we have him walking up from this low shot, going up the stairs. He sees the, the new chocolate on the wall. The whip pulls him off, puts it over his uh, shoulder and goes up the stairs as well. Now, I don't know if that meant they were going to literally try and start swiping stuff from Game of Death or they just wanted to just emulate that shot perfectly. But it's kind of interesting. And and, and we can go through this, but I think it's important to, to point out that of the films, you know, Bruce Lee's Last Game of Death, Enter the Game of Death, etc. This is the only one that really, with one exception, the middle floor kind of has its own like spin on it. But it just goes to rip off the exact floors mm-hmm. from Game of Death, you know. Well, and I'd like to throw out the, the motorbike scene. They all had different color track suits, which I thought was cool. Right. And it looked like the Power Rangers. Yeah. Well, that's Game of Death. <laughs> they do the same thing. It's exactly Oh, did same. they? Yeah. I don't remember them having the different color track same suits. Same exact I just thing. I just remember Bruce having the yellow. and Okay. But, okay, so let's say he steals the um, yellow tracksuit. Where did he get the matching ninchaku? Well, that's what's so funny. He gets it from you know the wall you know i mean you're right you're just like oh it happens to be matching but that's where he got it from yeah (laughs) okay so our first floor um it's in asanto i mean the guy was a complete ripoff it was like night and day like just i mean sorry it was like identical right yeah well night and day in some regards because his skill level was far from asanto but you're right it's this is a you know this is in asanto exploitation at this point you know it is and in fact there's the double fighting sticks versus a bamboo reed that he's just whooping him up yeah yeah and they they do the same thing with the when 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 he gets up to the top of the stairs and asanto starts banging his sticks together and they do their little tapping and he he does the same thing except he taps it on a drum instead of on the floor, which kind of insults the Inosanto guy. And and then they start having their fight. But um, yeah, and this, this fight scene, you know, it's clumsy. You can tell the guy that, that's playing Inosanto is not that well-versed in Eskrima sticks. Um, but this fight scene goes through, and the way it ends is, again, very similar to how yeah, Bruce Lee kills Inosanto. He wraps the new chocolates around his neck and snaps it, you know, mm. more or less. Well, let me ask you this, because, I mean, I wrote this down maybe a little bit later. I'm not certain when I wrote it down. No, I wrote it down during the next floor. But the point is, do you think they just couldn't find good fighters? Because the fake Inosanto was terrible. And then we get to the second floor. And why don't you just take over what the second floor is? And we can talk about it after that. Yeah, well, in this case, of course, you know, um, Hanyan Jae, we had in um, Game of Death, uh, who was Hapkido you know, a Korean martial art. And in, and in this case, we're getting basically a sumo, two sumo wrestlers. And, and I, you know, for whatever reason, they decided to just kind of invent their own second floor and not try to mimic what, what Bruce Lee was doing in Game of Death at this point. So we get this very bizarre, <laughs> I mean, at least they were trying to change it up. So, you know, they're making it different. But um, you, you, you brought up a really good point, which is all three fighters on each floor were not the most skilled martial artists. You know, I mean, even Bruce Lee, who takes somebody like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, makes him look like a a dynamic fighter. But in this case, it's just, uh, you know, we're not it's not working out. Yeah, the first sumo guy was kind of fit and he had a Hitler mustache, kind of mostly. And uh, I say fit because he wasn't like your typical sumo. And it struck me odd that what he does, the get ready to sumo, which you always see them, they kind of like stomp their feet side to side. And I'm like, all right, so he is sumo, even though I was just like, I thought, okay, that's just the costume, but cool. But then Bruce does the same thing. And then they do, they do this weird shit. There's this part where um, he's doing leg wrestling with the guy. And it's really, it's really kind of long and weird. And it doesn't look at all like anything real. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay. But then the second sumo guy comes and he's got the freaky mustachio. It's like the curled up on the sides. And I guess, I don't know, this was just kind of our mustache like that's a dark thing or something yeah i i know that is their their little character you know we get that a lot in these <laughs> in these movies um but you know that was pong san pong san who's you know who's 
kind of a heavy set guy. You see him in, a, in he's he's in a number of martial arts movies. But uh, I mean, again, just we're just not dealing with skilled fighters outside of our you know Bruce in this. You know, Lung, uh, Lung Chung Sing. You know, it's outside of him. We're getting we're getting no really kind of upper level martial artists. Which is what part mm-hmm. of the reason that might bring this film down a little bit in terms of the the action stuff, uh, but again, you know, they were this wasn't in, this film wasn't made in Hong Kong. This was this was shot in Taiwan, which you know there are okay. some great fighters in Taiwan, but I, I, I have a, I'm imagining that they probably the the best fighters they were going to get were probably working in Hong Kong at the time. Okay, well that makes sense for the third floor, right? So we have Bruce versus the. I, I wrote down mini Kareem, but he isn't even that. He looks kind of like Danny Glover. Yeah. I was expecting him at one point when he got hit to just say, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't that tall. I mean, just maybe compared to to our, our Bruce here, you know, but yeah, he wasn't exactly tall, just kind of, kind of big, you know. Yeah, you could tell he knew martial arts, just not really well, and he, hasn't, he isn't very fit. Anyway, it was a really weird thing. They chose him, obviously, because he's black. Which sucks, but that's just exactly what Game of Death. Well, was. I mean, so they, they, like, yeah, they're, exactly. I mean, they're trying to. I mean, if they made him a white guy or you know Asian guy, wouldn't be mimicking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So they had to, you know, they had to find a, a, a black actor somewhere. Right. That hopefully, knew how to throw a punch. I mean, the guy didn't look terrible. I mean, he looked like he might have been a boxer at some point. But you know, it's hard. It's even if the best. No, he looked like a boxer. Yeah, and even the best fighters, though, the problem is, is once you try to. To transfer that over to a film fight, it's a it's a very awkward transition. It's not like a very fluid one, you know. So it's something you have to have been doing for a while. So in this case, you know, came out. Now one of the things about that we should talk about because we talked about this on the last episode in Enter the Game of Death is they again borrowed this idea about the red light dialogue where they're talking about how right. the red light, which we saw in the last one. And was in Bruce Lee's original notes for Game of Death, but wasn't included in Robert Klaus's version. You got any idea what this red light means to you? <laughs> We're inside now, not at the traffic lights. Ah, I'll tell you, this red light is the sign of the dead. You come near it, and you'll be killed for sure. If it is the sign of the dead, then you're done for, because you're the one who's nearest. You. Interesting. Yeah, and I noticed it because I knew it from the... Like, was it just the last one or the one before? Where No, it was just the last end of the game of death, right? Where right. it's yeah. the That was the Shaolin guy uh, and his buddy with the red light. Yeah, right. it was quite bizarre. And yeah, I guess like and he said it in this one, it was more to to the point. The red light symbolizes death or whatever. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Which is interesting because right after um, he gets ambushed by four guys with red shirts, the knife gang. Okay, so yeah. So now he's, you know... Th- broken through the third the third level and now he's on a roof and we're just kind of getting a group of night fighters on the the roof of the building yeah but all red shirts which uh i i don't know if that was meant to tie into that like Uh, uh he's still about to face death or something i don't know yeah no that's a good point i didn't think of that okay well finally he saves linda slash alice um (laughs) he says something to her like you know call 911 or whatever i'm gonna go after the bad guy and then he does a really interesting thing when he's fighting, he, which was the underling bad guy of the new, of the film studio. He throws the nunchaku at his feet yeah. as like a lasso. It makes him fall over. Have you and seen that of, move before? Um, well, actually, in um, remember in Way of the Dragon, Bruce Lee throws it around his wrist. Remember that when he's walking out of the. Oh, I mean, that's but yeah. you know it's a little different. But it's, he does fling it at him, and it kind of wraps around his wrist, and then he tells him to come back to to John Ben. Um, but not, not around the, that's that's exactly where they stole it from. Yeah, well, you know, I'm yeah. here to point that stuff out, my friend. I know you are. I just <laughs> I knew I figured it had it couldn't have been an an original thing. But no, yeah, he throws it around his wrist to say. Stop, come back here, yeah, in Way of the Dragon. And then the film, you know, has this abrupt ending, but you got to keep in mind that this particular, this time, 
a lot of these films, there was this idea that you always wanted to have the police come in at the end. You know, there's this element of we got and even at the end of every single one of Bruce Lee's films, Big Boss, Fist of Fury, Enter the Dragon, Way of the Dragon, and uh, ultimately, you know, in Game of Death. And actually, it's the Chinese version of Game of Death that it happens in. But you have the police showing up at the end of the movie. Michael, I actually thought this. I thought it would be classic if, after all that, he even won. He still just jumps at the police and they shoot him and kill him. I'm just like, just do oh, it. Come yeah. on. It's like, <laughs> Well, you know, they, they, that's do another it. thing they borrowed from Game of Death. Is there's a scene in Game of Death where um, where Bruce Lee, it's not Bruce Lee, obviously. It's the guy doubling. But in, in Klaus's version where he jumps through a window and does a kick to go into the other room where he kills mm-hmm. the, the, the main bad guy. And it's in all the trailers for Game of Death. They always have the slow-mo shot of him going through the window. They do that exact same thing in this film, too. Remember, when he goes into the room, he goes through the window. So, Yep. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes, jump through paper glass, save right. Alice. There you go. Because no. it was weird glass. It wasn't exactly paper, but it was probably a sugar-based like candy or something like that. So it looked cool. But it did not look real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my list of Bruceisms. Uh, it's I probably missed a bunch because this one it is just Bruce. It's sometimes when you do in like fake Bruce, which we are here, it's not so much the Bruceisms, but the whole white jacket through the whole beginning and the sunglasses and all that thing. It's just so Bruce, and the hair, of course, and multiple people had the hair. Um, the this smirk grin that's like. I don't care. I'm too cool. They did that a bunch. Um, Track suits, cat sounds. He never really um, jumped on the footwork, which is so typical, but not maybe like a little bit once or twice. But I was I kept watching for like him to do the like, here I am. I'm about to kick you in the head. It never really happened. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Nunchakus, obviously. And that's all I got. There you go. Those are all like those are all appropriate. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's like I said, this film, it's not, you know, as far as action, you don't get any of the, the regulars. We don't have Bruce Lay, we don't have the Bruce Lies, so who we're, we're kind of getting a, a one-offer here. Um, and But again, it's kind of unique in that if if you like Game of Death, this is the Bruce Bloitation film that the most seeks to emulate and remake Game of Death. So Yeah. 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 I love it. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I would say... Um, looking around at the reviews out on the web, everyone considers this to be maybe one of the worst Bruce exploitation films. I would say it was pretty boring in a lot of in a lot of ways, and only because I'm coming into it looking at for things that relate to other films and looking for these Bruceisms and looking you know really to do this podcast. If I would have watched this, like let's just say I'd only seen the Bruce films. And maybe I'd caught a little something, and then I watched this. I would have been like, "Fuck you." <laughs> well, you know that, and that's an important point about what you and I do here. Is that I, I mean, if we were to sit here and be honest about it, we can sometimes say, "Listen, this film is, you know," and w- which we don't because we, we're some, we're coming from that perspective of 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 analyzing it. But for the most part, you're right. I mean, you can look at a film and go, "This is a really terrible film." But on that note, there's some very if you're interested in this, if you're interested in seeing how it ties into Bruce Lee as a personality or as a fighter or, you know, or how maybe it mimics other films that he did or was inspired by or, or, or has the inclusion of maybe some future mm-hmm. fight choreographer we love, whatever it is, you know, you and I are sitting here going through that and, and picking that stuff out. And, you know, like we're pointing out how this film is unique in its its way of emulating Game of Death or, you know, et cetera. But you're right. I mean, at the same time, we can also turn around and say, look, but if you're looking for a good action film, this would not be the film to go see. Right. Enter the Game of Death was action packed. It had more action than I think any of the of the films we've seen to this point that I've seen to this point. It was nonstop action. And yeah, if you're looking for that, cool. You got Bolo straight out of Bloodsport. You you know, I mean, it's just like kind of crazy with this one. You you said it perfectly right before we get to the tower. There's like five punches thrown pretty much, and it's all kind of posturing. So yeah, very strange. Yeah. All right. Well, on to the next point. Uh, news. Do you have anything to share? 
Nothing great to share, my friend. Sorry. Oh, all right. Well, I'll share for you that Good. Uh, I know watching um, Twitter and Instagram, you are getting really close to the point of releasing some of your films. Uh, in, in the case of anyone that listens to this that loves action, The Butterfly Guard. I'm very excited. Any ETA or just... Some... Uh, well, on, on that news front, there's plenty of that going on. Um, right. Yeah, I... Uh... That uh, yeah, and just the, and, the, and I'm glad you brought that up. The one thing about that movie, and the reason I, I did it specifically, was because I wanted to try to do a film about the, the martial arts fighter rather than about the fighting itself. There and that everything in the film that, that where there is any kind of combat or, or jujitsu or sparring, it's all real. Like we just, I said, I didn't want this to be choreographed. I want any, if we're going to, we have some sequences where the characters get together and train or are practicing for a fight or whatever. And there's even a couple of sequences in, in actual real fight venues. So there are real fights going on. So everything in this, there was not one choreographed move throughout the nice. whole film, but there's also the focus of it is, is not so much on the fighting. I, I tend to say there's a movie about the fighters rather than the fighting because it's, it's really about the people that struggle to try and do something that they love and, and, and how sometimes you sacrifice things in life to, to, to do it. And this can be, this can be attributed to a lot of things, you know, from being an artist to whatever it is you pursue or the, the, the sort of sacrifices you make in your own life that, that tear you down, et cetera. So I'm just kind of, this movie's really about those realistic things we give up and hold on to. And, um, you know, in this pursuit of this, this fight game, but I'm excited about it just cause it's, it's not like your everyday movie. It's not the raid. It's not Enter the dragon, you know, it's, it's in that regard. I got a couple of, uh, really cool, uh, fight stuff coming up after this, but this, that film in particular is just, it's, it's a, it's an art march. I call it a martial art house movie. <laughs> nice. Well, in, you know, I think any of us would agree those th- we want just as much of that. I mean, wh- that's why we watch so much about Bruce, not just Bruce kicking people's asses. We want to know about the fighter. I well, some of my favorite things to read about is like his history. We don't know it for, for truth, but you know, Bob Wall and, and Chuck Norris talking about their time with Bruce back in the day and, and what it was like then, you know, like, yeah, um, them them coming to to Greece for uh, Way of the Dragon and stuff, and just the excitement of doing martial arts movies. And I don't know, I'm a, I'm all about the fighter. I love the the action, but you know, there's tons of tons of people who can punch out there. But you want you want the whole story. Yeah, and it's just me trying, you know, uh, trying to take another angle at the. You know, we've got we've got all these movies about the girlfriend or the best friend that gets kidnapped or somebody that's forced to fight and you know and those are fun yeah. there's nothing wrong i love those films i've got like i said i've got a few of those in the pipeline coming up with a lot of fighting and action and stuff this but butterfly guard um was very experimental um we in fact i can tell you that the first third of the movie we shot i didn't even have a script i knew what i was going to do we went out and we just started shooting i wanted to try something a little different because i wanted to feel realistic um you know and i said i don't want to over I don't want to like over choreograph or contrive the story. I know kind of where I wanted to go. And so I actually did the first third of the movie scriptless, you know, and it brought a, mm-hmm. a real nice tone. And, and so then after that, I started writing stuff down and um, to finish it up. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it and, and looking forward to getting it out there, but it's a particular taste, you know, I mean, it's, it's for those that want to sit and, you know, get an idea of what's going on in the brain and the body of, of these guys. And, you know, Justin McCauley's in it as the ex-UFC fighter and Scotty Epstein is a, he did a Never Back Down part two with Michael Jai White, you know, so, again, mm. you know, got, got some good people on it. Hey, and we all know you've been kicking ass since the 80s, so. <laughs> the 80s, well, awesome. I was a kid in the 80s, but yeah, since the 90s. <laughs> okay, okay, the 90s. I've been kicking ass since the eighties, so okay, good. just yes, not the sure. same kind of not the same kicking ass as yours. <laughs> okay, let's just jump on phone number. Uh, give us a call, guys. We have a couple calls that we're going to talk about on the next episode. I am about to jump to some messages from Marco, so thanks for writing in, Marco. But I just want to remind you all: phone number four two four two five seven zero three four four. Give us a call and leave us a message, uh, or you can do like Marco does. Just uh, go out to screenmayhem.com or to thecloneScast.com. Uh, I post both of our stuff in both places because it's all my stuff. 
and sometimes Marco responds in, some, in one place and sometimes the other. But I've got a couple from him, so I'm going to read those off now. And uh, Michael, you can tell me what you think. Um, I asked him last episode to give me the translation of the German dialogue from End of the Game of Death. So he said, Hello, it's me again, Marco from Germany. You asked for the translation of the German dialogue of End of the Game of Death, from the scene in which the helper with the white shirt fights with the Japanese and throws the secret document to the female spy. The translation was this simple. Here, catch it and disappear. And then she says, well, you know where to find me. So not hardcore, Jimmy, but we still appreciate it. Hardcore, Marco, because obviously I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, uh, ich bin... Uh, um, <laughs> Oh, gosh, uh, I was going for a bit often, too often, <laughs> drunk too much. Um, <laughs> uh, he said, this version of the movie, which can also be found on YouTube, is the German release of the film. Only the opening credits are the English dubbed version. The English synchronization that's been inserted uh, has been inserted into the dialogue scenes. So pretty much the gist of it is this is the German version and somebody took English dialogue in those spots and put it in where the talking parts are. And they, he said, I think the English sound was missing for this one scene, the one he translated. Um, maybe the scene was cut from the original English dub version. You know, well, it's true. There's a, actually, there are, Germany did get some fairly different cuts of, the, of films that would come to the U.S. and even Great Britain that were different. You know what I mean? There was, you can find different, like, cuts for different reasons like great britain for a while of course had all the censorship that was going on with the new chakras and, and all that so you get obviously right. those big scenes would be different but there's i many of the longer complete versions of the of the films that i have seen have always seemed to either come out of hong kong or out of germany nice yeah okay well he finishes it off that enter the game of death is um going to be released in germany this summer on blu-ray by a small distributor and he said it was digitally remastered, and it looks beautiful. So, And it's, it's going to be released in the U.S., I can tell you that. Yeah, right after or whatever, but yeah, good for you, Marco. <laughs> we don't get to... Maybe you could translate the whole thing for us and do the voices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he, he comes back with one other thing, because uh, he was going to let us know a little something about Bruce Boitation in Germany. Um, he says, because we have so many special German versions of a few films and even films that were um, only made into Bruce exploitation films here. He said Bruce Lee was super popular, um, that this German film rental company called Sheer bought some films for to be shown in the cinema. And he said in the German trailer of Bruce's Deadly Fingers is promised that you get to see the real Bruce Lee. And he said this is really the case. They just cut a prologue before the actual movie. Scenes from Way of the Dragon are shown, and his biography is told more or less correctly. And you can see the real Bruce Lee for a few minutes. And just like what you were saying earlier, Michael, the audience was pretty much, they, the money's been spent. They feel cheated. Right. And, you know, we had, when I was involved with Deadly Fingers getting released in the U.S., that that sequence was a part of the print we had. Um, that the problem is, is you can't just here in the U.S., you know, I mean, you can get away with it in some other countries sometimes if you want to take the risk, but you can't just slap it on and release it. It was a bunch of clips from way of the dragon in black and white and i don't know if they made it black and white to sort of differentiate it or, or what have you but um it's just we didn't include it for that reason just for legal for the legal ramifications we couldn't do it but he's, he's right that's what they they did and it was that wasn't in the original release when it was released in theaters uh you know even in hong kong back in the day it's just later when germany got a hold of it they they i guess they added that stuff in Nice. Well, he put he another thing that he um, pointed out in his message. He said that if this particular film distributor called um, Shire had no rights to release a Bruce Boitation movie, they would take some Eastern movie, and the main characters were suddenly friends, students, or relatives of Bruce Lee through the dubbing. <laughs> <laughs> he he said this was done with a movie called Fist of Justice in '73, a Taiwanese film with Chang Yi and Lu Ming, and. Uh, it had prologue scenes from Bruce's Deadly Fingers and scenes from Way of the Dragon were cut together to kind of throw this this regular kung fu movie together, I guess is the idea. Oh, yeah. Well, I imagine they probably... <laughs> probably <laughs> Bruce Bloitation prevails. Yes, Bruce Bloitation prevails. Well, to finish this off, he said uh, it was also done with a 
uh, new Bruce Lee movie called Bruce Lee, The Jumping Panther. Um, and it, it promises that in the trailer. And then he brings up, I guess we must have mentioned last one, the German version of the true game of death is also a special version of this uh, Shire film. The main part of the movie from the true game of death, but the rest of it is a biographical prologue, which is kind of like what we saw. Mm. But it says it eventually leads to how long... Uh, Cao Lung, who is Lee's best student and scenes from the real Bruce Lee, uh, the young Bruce Lee with Bruce Lai and Bruce Lee's secret. So it has all this stuff mixed together in uh, the German version of the two game of death. So anyway, I just uh, I thought those were really interesting comments. So thanks, Marco. Um, no, it's great. Yeah. It's great to get, you know, information from some of the different parts of the world, because it like, again, you know, these these cuts become different movies sometimes in different countries um and uh it's, some people just like to seek out every completest version you know they can find so it's great well it seems like the germans really had the whole like so you said it the english were screwed they just got the scaled down versions because they cut out things like nunchaku and stuff like that where the yeah. germans they just it, it was a whole other sub scene where they were just making these weird ass movies out of other stuff just to keep Bruce going. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's true too of, of like, you know, you'll have different versions made sometimes for different countries. We talked about this with tower of death, you know, you'd have a, there's a slightly different Korean version where you get these scenes with, with uh, Kim Taejong in the like airport and different sequences there. And then there's, stuff when it got to become game of death two in america it was like different cuts and different edits and with using different they were using bruce lee footage from the big boss and fist of fury but yet when you'd see the the hong kong version they were using the stuff from enter the dragons it was just you know it happens sometimes people just get different you know as a filmmaker i, I know how this works a lot with songs too like i can use particular songs for a certain amount of money here in the u.s but when i release a different version of that film into a foreign market unless i pay an exorbitant amount of money i have to use a different song in, in its place so that's how mm. it goes cool well um the only other thing i'll throw out there is just because <clears throat> this popped up this last week um chris the brain at uh bulletproof action wrote, did a review of dragon the hero which i thought was pretty good he gives it it's proper credit uh, and yeah. the cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, definitely go check him out, everybody that's on here. He's, he's, uh, he loves these movies, and he's, he's definitely a hard-working reviewer, man. So he's a good yeah. I don't know what his exact Twitter feed is. What is it? What's his Twitter? Uh, I think it's Chris the Brain, actually. Sorry, Chris, the, I, Chris I, the Brain. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Otherwise, you can yeah. just go to Bulletproof Action, and you'll find him. But yeah, he does a lot of the reviews of these. But I thought, in particular, I mean, you know, I love Dragon the Hero, and, uh, you know, he even does a special call out to Chan Lao with the whole um, white faced dog man. It's, <laughs> it's the best. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. Can't, you got to give him his props, man. Well, cool. Um, anything else, sir? No, that's it, buddy. It's always great to talk with you about this stuff. So thanks, yeah, for, uh, thanks for following us, following this game of death a trail where we're I'm we're excited to on. see where it goes. We In fact, it sounds to me the next one's going to be really fun. The next one should be, if all is going correct, we'll be doing Goodbye, Bruce Lee, his last game of death with the fam famous Ian Lee. So, nice. Yeah, I love that, man. I, and, you know, uh, yeah, he's he's always out there. Uh, in fact, I saw this little thread on Twitter recently where he had gone to uh, New York or somewhere on the East Coast and he'd gone to Nora Mao's restaurant uh, trying to look her up and... I guess she's just she doesn't hang around there anymore. But she met one of he met one of his uh, Angela Mao. What are thinking of? Yeah, Angela. Oh, Mal. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. God. Sorry. It's okay. I'm starting. To, <laughs> you I'm, are. I, I'm. I'm just. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. No. I just thought it was cool. You know, he's somebody who's super into it, and uh, we're gonna have fun. Um, I will throw out the last thing uh, on ScreenMayhem.com. If you want to listen, you can hear Michael and I talk about Cobra Kai, and I would ask all of you to get out there and. And tweet YouTube Red and let them know that Michael Worth needs to be in the next Cobra Kai. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, be, that would be good. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to see it. I want to see you going uh, right against Kreese, your homeboy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be <laughs> fun. He's a tough guy, man. Yeah, he look, he's a tough guy. All right, well, thanks until, until next time. All right, buddy. You too, man. Mm -hmm.